Cam and Renee's Real Estate Show. Sounds like Canberra. Sounds like Mix 106.3. JW Land. Introducing homes of uncompromising quality across premium locations. Hi there, it's Cam and Renee here. Each week on Mix 106.3, we present the Mix 106.3 Real Estate Show. We speak with industry experts, leaders in Canberra property, national analysts and a range of other property specialists. So let's take a listen to some of the things we looked at in last Saturday's show. Uh, Cam, we know that there is a dire housing shortage happening right around the country. Yes. And uh, we've got more, you know, skilled migrants coming in, international students. uh, So more people coming in, less houses. Uh, But we had the federal budget recently, so it was great to see a bunch of housing initiatives in Mm. that. Mm. And one of those uh, was this massive target of building a million new homes over five years from 2024. Yeah. It's big. Is it realistic? Yeah. Not, don't know. Uh, We should find out and ask our regular guest, Michael Yardney, CEO of Metropole Property Strategist and host of the Michael Yardney podcast. Hi, Michael. Good morning, Renee. Yes, the budget promised a million new houses. But in fact, you you said, is it possible? Interestingly, we're building about that many at the moment. So uh, maybe we should really look into it a bit deeper and see what was promised. Okay, so let's ask that question to you. What has been promised? Mm. Well, the, the government didn't just talk about, or the Treasurer, about a million new homes, but affordable homes in locations where people people want to live. Now, that's a bigger challenge than just building a million homes elsewhere. And he said that they're going to encourage private industry to assist in this, Cam. Okay. And so can can we do this? Because, you know, since that's happened and being out and about and speaking to all sorts of people in the Canberra community, you speak to builders, you speak to real estate agents, and, you know, they all, like, while the notion of doing it is good and the reasons why they're doing it are right... You know, there's supply chain issues already. Um, you know, there's the the land shortages already. So there's there's a number of showstoppers with this, isn't there? There is. Well, first of all, let's make it clear that the federal government only committed to build 10,000 affordable homes over five years and only starting in two years' time in 2024. And, and then they said they're going to provide another... Uh, 10,000 homes for public housing. So they're expecting somebody else to chip in the rest, but they haven't actually worked out exactly who or what. They're just hoping big industry will. The problem is super funds and banks don't like investing in residential real estate because for them, the returns are too small and it's too messy. So is the government actually going to change some policies and help private investors like you and me get into the market? Well, that wasn't on the agenda when they were talking, but maybe it should be. Yeah, and so as you move in your real estate circle of, uh, of friends and you know other business people, what were they saying about this promise when it was first announced? political fluffery because we're already (laughs) building around 180,000 homes a year and we're still not coping with that and we believe that our population is going to grow even more. So really, it's just uh, fiddling around the edges. We do know we need more supply. The trouble is, how can you create supply in areas where people want to live when local councils are making it hard to develop? We need more medium density, so there's red tape, green tape, blue tape, all sorts of hold-ups. And then there's NIMBYs, not in my backyard. And actually, no, it's not over there either. So there are a lot of 
issues. It doesn't mean... So I don't have an answer, and I don't think the government does, but at least they're now starting to talk about it, Cam, and hopefully we will get more supply because that's one of the challenges in our real estate market. And I yeah. think you're right there, Michael. Like, at least the conversation is happening and, you know, it continues to happen. We've been speaking about supply shortages for a long, long time now. So um, at, least, at least it's got people like us, you know, in the media speaking about it. Good start. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll uh, we'll keep in touch with you and sort of see how this progresses and see uh, what actually happens in this space. But Michael, uh, thanks so much for your insights as always. Please don't hold your breath, Renee. (laughs) Yes. Well, it doesn't. Based off our chat just now, I I don't think I will be. uh, But we will. (laughs) We will see what happens, Michael. Thanks so much for your time today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Michael Yardney, CEO of Metropole Property Strategist. There, Cam. Well, last Saturday at Parliament House here in Canberra, Cam, we had a gathering of a bunch of, you know, residential builders, designers, manufacturers and so on uh, to celebrate. Now, this is a mouthful, ready? Yep. Uh, 2022 HIA, CSR, ACT and Southern New South Wales Housing and Kitchen and Bathroom Awards. Oh, what a title. Got it all out. (laughs) Uh, But these are great because the homes that win awards at these types of events are just really something else, aren't they? I think also not just the homes that win, but also the homes that are nominated as well. So we've got a range of amazing builders and people in construction and everything like that, of course, in Canberra. Yes. Um, And uh, there are the, the small operators and then there's, of course, the national and international brands as well. And so for everyone to come together and, you know, be very proud of the work that they've produced mm. just means better homes for us here in Canberra, right? Yeah, so it's fantastic. And so we want to find out um, how that all went and say good morning to Greg Weller, uh, Regional HIA Executive Director for ACT and Southern New South Wales. Hi, Greg. Morning, Renee, and morning, Cam. Great to be back on the show. Thanks for joining yeah. us once again. mate. First up, why are awards like this important to the building industry? Look, I think you gave a, a, a pretty good summary of it there. The awards have been um, developed over many decades by the industry, both what the awards are for and what the criteria are, and then they're judged by members of the industry, not just builders and designers, but also people from within the regulatory sphere, the education sphere. So I guess you know that, and the public can know, that if someone wins one of these awards, there's been a lot go into both the property but also the consideration of what made it stand out from all the other properties in its category. So it's a really good marketing opportunity but I think you touched on it too, Cam, and you've been to our events before. Mm. It's a wonderful opportunity for the industry to get together, and particularly now after two years of COVIDness, doing the awards online, wonderful night to, I guess, shake off a couple of really challenging years for the industry and celebrate all the good that's going on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, Greg, we're going to get to the Home of the Year shortly, uh, but just quickly before that, of the 19 categories um, other than that one, which other winner really stood out for you? Look, one that leapt out to me, and I think possibly some of the contrasts with the Home of the Year, was the winner of our Green Smart Sustainable Home. Now, Green Smart's a program that we've had since 1999 promoting sustainable building, and in fact, all the homes in the new Whitlam Display Village have been accredited um, under our Green Smart program, which we were very proud to launch that last week with the SLA and Minister Berry. Um, but the winner here was um, no strangers in this category who are well-renowned in Canberra, 360 Building Solutions and Lighthouse Architecture and Science for, I guess, taking a really challenging block and building a home that relatively small, under 200 square metres with a double garage, but they achieved a solar passive 7.9 star property, um, which 
that's the sort of work they do to, I guess, really use design to get sunlight into the home to cut down on the carbon emissions, both in terms of building the home and also going forward. And so I think that was a really good example of where we're seeing a lot of homes going in Canberra in the future. Okay, so as we said, uh, 19 categories, and on a night like this last week, you sort of head towards the pinnacle of uh, the awards and um, the home of the year. So tell us a little bit about this amazing structure. Yeah, look, absolutely incredible. And I'd first encourage everybody to get on and have a look. We've got some great images, both if you go to our ACT and Southern New South Wales Facebook group or also the haa.com.au awards, um, and you can see all these properties and I guess get an idea of what we're talking about. Look, totally the opposite end of the scale. Our winning home was by preferred builders and DNA architects, and this was about scale, about use of materials and, and perched... Um, up on a hill within Canberra, it really captures the view with an eagle-eye view of the Canberra skyline. And to give you an idea of the scale, the front door is 4.5 metres high. <laughs> what? That's so good. We're, we're really talking about about scale and, and pushing the engineering and the design to the limits and, and using these materials to create something that's about entertaining and, and capturing that wonderful view of the camera. I mean, skyline. when you come up to a door like that and open it, it's almost like you're entering a castle, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, it's like that, and they've done a wonderful job the way that they've allowed this home to to flow between the different areas within the property and really have this um, grandeur that's also um, highlighted by the, the abstract nature of the home and the different textures between the concrete, the glass and the timber. It, it really is something to behold and I'd yeah. encourage people to get on and have a look um, at the photos and I think it's something that when we go on next year, a lot of the winners will progress to our national awards that are being held in May next year and I think some of these winners um, like this one by Preferred Builders and DNA Architects, you know, we hope we'll give it a real good shake at the yep. National Awards yeah, next year. Tenders, for yeah, sure. definitely. Well, it, so much great work happening, especially locally in this space. So it's great yep. to be able to celebrate that, that's for sure. Yep. Uh, Greg, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Great to chat. Thank you, uh, Greg Weller, Regional HIA Executive Director for ACT and Southern New South Wales. Well worth celebrating indeed. Now, we had some uh, recent news come through, Cam, about uh, new minimum energy efficiency standard uh, for rental properties in the ACT. Mm. Uh, now, this, from what I understand, is going to kick in uh, from April next year, and there's going to be a phase-in period as well. Yep. Um, so people who rent, uh, people who are landlords, tenants, anyone in this space will need to know this information. 100%. Uh, Hannah Gill is Director of Property Management at the Property Collective. Good morning, Hannah. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. Good, Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Uh, So give us an overview of the new regulations. What are they asking for to happen? Yeah, well, as as you've already alluded to, basically the government's introducing these regulations that all residential properties need to meet a new minimum energy efficiency standard, specifically for ceiling insulation. Um, And as you mentioned, Renee, that kicks in from the 1st of April and the phase-in period, though, extends through to the 30th of November 2026. And the minimum standard now is that an R rating is going to be required for ceiling insulation. Um, And that's a standard that's currently used in new builds in the capital. Okay, Okay. so uh, most properties, do do they already have that minimum requirement or are most properties going to have to make some changes? 
Um, well, the government estimates that about 60% of rental properties, whether it's privately managed or agent managed in the, in the ACT, are already compliant at that standard. But that obviously shows there's a 40% shortfall there that needs to, to catch up. Okay. And so just as you were going through the standards, you did drop out for a second there. So it's up to the R5 rating, isn't it? That's that's what it says? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. And that's um, that's the standard used now in new builds in, in Canberra. So yeah. it's getting older properties up to kind of the new standard. Um, and that's apparently the most effective level to, to to control and keep heat in properties, in the, particularly in the colder months in Canberra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Hannah, as you communicate these messages to your clients, um, the landlords, how have the new regulations been received at face value, first conversation? Look, I mean, it's still very early days. Um, we do know that throughout the community consultation process with government, um, 95% of renters are obviously supportive of, of the scheme. It's, it's a pretty important thing, to, you know, to have your home be to be warm and to be cool when it needs to be. Um, And 59% of um, landlords were also supportive. So I think, you know, generally people recognise and want to provide homes that are warm and safe for people. Um, I think speaking with our clients, though, still early days, as I mentioned, but there's interest-free loans available to eligible um, landlords. And that's a real bonus because a lot of landlords don't have that cash kind of lying around. When we looked at a sample set of data and we could see that this could, could range anywhere from 6000 to $20,000 depending Whoa. on the property. Yeah. Okay. okay. And uh, Hannah, if you were introducing the regulations, would you have done anything differently? <laughs> Tricky question. No, look, I think um, we, from a REACT perspective, we were able to work closely with government through the consultation period and they, they took a lot of our feedback on board, particularly with that phased-in approach, which we really appreciated, and also delaying the um, the start date to April next year. There was talk initially that it could actually take effect um, this side of Christmas, and I think that would have just caused a lot of angst, particularly in an already tight rental market, yeah. to scramble. Um, you know, we've got, we've got to consider the bigger picture and the number of suppliers that can actually carry out this work, and so having that extra time to kind of prepare and educate the market it was really critical and I think that's been done quite well with that lead time. Is it going to be up to landlords themselves um, to, to work out if their property meets this standard or not yeah. and, and to take initiative to fix it or meet these new yeah. standards? Yeah, basically. Um, obviously, with the, with the help of their property managers to understand that. I mean, more modern properties will generally be okay, but particularly older properties, um, more established homes in, in the north and in the south, for example, will more likely be the ones that will all require this, this improvement or this standard increase. Um, but yeah, obviously, property managers will be helping their clients understand that process and helping them understand the process to apply for loans as well. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, um, yeah, that, um, I hope people were listening to, to you just now, Hannah, because it's very important information. Thank you uh, so much for sharing that with us. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Hannah Gill, Director of Property Management at The Property Collective. There. If you just Google it, you'll be able to find out some more information it's on It's all there. And we should also mention that Hannah is the President of REACT or Real Estate Institute of the ACT, which is why she mentioned that. And yeah. I mean, so that's the um, the organisation that is speaking on behalf of real estate agents and property and whatnot. So, um, you know, it's awesome to see that they've had a role in the consultation yes. and been able to influence outcomes as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, those are the interviews we most enjoyed in last week's Mix 106.3 Real Estate Show. If you love hearing about the latest trends or you're just up for a sticky beak, be sure to drop by for a listen this Saturday between 9 and 10. Cam and Renee's Real Estate Show. Sounds like Canberra. Sounds like Mix 106.3.